Welcome to Worth Watching Once, a podcast where we review Netflix original films and let you know if they're worth watching or worth skipping. I'm Brady, that's Thais. We're your hosts, and today we're looking at Okja, a 2017 Korean-American action-adventure film directed by Bong Joon-ho that clocks in at two hours, a movie in which a gentle giant and the girl who raised her are caught in the crossfire between animal activism, corporate greed, and scientific ethics. This week's movie was my pick, and I'm not going to give anything away, but Thais texted me when she finished and said, I hate you. (laughs) So I can't wait to hear your take on this, but we have a bunch of housekeeping items to go through first, um, including this absolutely phenomenal cast. Yeah. So just to get things out of the way, a quick rank a ratings update. IMDb has this as a 7.3, which I think is a little low, but that's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, Raw Tomatoes, it got an 87% from critics and an 81% from audience, uh, which I agree with a little bit more than that 7.3 on IMDb. Yep. And on Google, it's 88% for Google users. Oh, hell yeah, Google. Yeah. Come through. Speaking of Google, the um, synopsis is the wordiest of words that I've ever read a synopsis. I had to click view more button. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's hear that more. So for 10 idyllic years, young Nija has been a caretaker and constant companion of Okja, a massive animal and an even bigger friend. at her home in the mountains of South Korea. But the changes, oh, sorry, but that changes when family-owned multinational conglomerate Mirando Corporation takes Okja for themselves and transports her to New York, where an image-obsessed and self-promoting CEO has big plans for Mija's dearest friend. With no particular plan, but single-minded in intent, Mija sets out on a rescue mission. (laughs) My God, you might as well just read the plot on Wikipedia. What is what is that? Okay, yeah, that's pretty much the whole movie. Do you think that was like their elevator pitch? How many elevator floors? Pitch? <laughs> that's a conference room pitch. That's like a PowerPoint. My God. Uh, that's a little bit much. I like the Netflix one I read, but uh, yeah, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. So if you have any questions on what the movie's about, definitely go on Google because it lays it out for you. <laughs> and I just want to fill them in real quick. This is a little bit how the sausage gets made. But when I picked this one out, we, we there was a little bit of a debate, like, is that too popular? Because, you know, we try to find like the hidden gems of Netflix, right? The movies that people might not have heard of. Mm-hmm. And we ended up doing this one because it was like, well, do we know anybody who's seen it? <laughs> and I think right. it was like, no, I don't think we do. Mm-hmm. So we went for it. And hopefully you listen to this and you said it's worth checking out. Uh, we'll save that for the end. But first, the director. Uh, this one was directed by Bong Joon-ho. And he also wrote it along with John Ronson. And you know, similar to like Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, the Coen brothers, he writes the vast majority of movies he directs. Uh, and he was probably virtually unknown to most American moviegoers. He's a very popular South Korean director, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think People thought he came out of nowhere in 2020 and cleaned up at the Oscars for the movie Parasite, which was absolutely fantastic. I think he won Best Director, won Best Picture. Uh, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It's a fantastic movie. It's it's in Korean. It's a South Korean film. 
Um, but he also wrote and directed The Host, Mother, and one of my favorites, Snowpiercer, which I think was a 2013 movie. Um, and you know, when I say he wrote that movie, he wrote the screenplay. It's based off of a French graphic novel, but by all accounts, he's one of the best and most successful directors in Korean cinema history. I still haven't seen Parasite. I just want to, yeah. Uh, oh boy. I know it's definitely on my to watch list and I know I'm probably going to be absolutely obsessed with it. Like years behind obsessed with it, but <laughs> I'll be posting about it. And, like making it's, a yeah, comeback. It's very good. It's very good. Anyone heard of Parasite? <laughs> so this, the, the cast is absolutely stacked. And, you know, we usually try to hit some of the highlights here. We have guys like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't think we have to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. He plays uh, Johnny Wilcox, who is like, a, I don't even want to call him like a, a Steve Irwin. or He's like an animal guy, like a TV animal guy. But he's just so out there and goofy. I, I can't really think who to compare him to. I don't think you can compare it. It was it was very unique. Yeah, he's like way over the top. Yeah, yeah, over the top. But like you could, everyone could relate to have like seen that character before. He definitely like, yeah, it was weird. (laughs) Uh, We have Tilda Swinton, who played both Lucy Miranda and Nancy Miranda, kind of the heads of this uh, evil corporation, Miranda Corporation, which I think is kind of obviously based off Monsanto just based on the letters used um, and, and the whole GMO aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a, an exceptional British actress. She won Best Supporting a- uh, Actress Oscar for Michael Clayton. And she's been in a ton of great movies, Burn After Reading, Moonrise Kingdom, uh, Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. So this is her, her second movie with uh, Bong, Grand Budapest Hotel, friend. Doctor Strange. We could keep going, but we'll leave it there. She's a fantastic actress. Ooh, actually, correction, she is Scottish. Scottish. Mm-hmm. All right. Which also her American accent in this movie was exceptional. <laughs> yeah, she's she's one of those who just like kind of disappears into a role. She's yeah. uh, she's really good at that. Like a classic uh, kind of A-lister who can just completely disappear. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of like that, too. I think his ability to disappear in a role is super underrated. Like in Nightcrawler, he was Nightcrawler awesome. Was... Oh, man. I can't believe he didn't get an Oscar nod for that. But yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the character who played uh, the actress who played Miha, the young girl who's uh, taking care of Okja. That was played by So Sohan An. I'm so sorry to our Korean audience. I absolutely butchered that name. I'm sure uh, <laughs> she's a, a Korean actress. I don't really I don't recognize her for anything else because it seemed like she was in Korean stuff. But we got to shout her out because she kind of stole the show on this and uh, really brought Okja as a a creature as a character to life mm. oh i guess she was in housemaid or sorry the housemaid i have that on my list and i just i haven't sat down to watch it yet <laughs> yep so that's on Thais's list if you want to check that one out <laughs> um a few other people to mention uh steve young uh played k in it he's one of the guys in the animal liberation front he or was just I nominated like for him. an oscar yeah what, what do you like to call him Thais? glenn Oh, yeah, Glenn. Yeah, to most people, he'll always be Glenn from The Walking Dead. Uh, honestly, like, that's how I saw him for a long time, too. But he just did get an Oscar nom for Minari at the most recent Academy Awards. Um, also recently voiced the main character on Invincible, which is an Amazon Prime original animated series, which I ripped through in about an afternoon. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it, if that's your sort of thing. He was also in Burning, 
which was a 2018 Korean movie that uh, I haven't seen still. Uh, it's on my list, uh, but by all accounts, it's a brilliant movie. Oh, he also like snuck in in um, Sorry to Bother You. Did you end up seeing that? I was trying to remember like what movie recently that I like wasn't expecting to see him. And then suddenly I was like, wait a second. Isn't that Glenn? <laughs> I think I've seen it. Uh, he, oh. he did show up in the first episode of uh, I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That was a great skit. <laughs> that, that was a good one with the, the party. <laughs> but that first episode was fantastic of that show. Um, we also had uh, I'll mention her Lily Collins. Mm-hmm. She's in the blind side, man. She was also in the ALF. Um, Paul Dano, who he's like. I, I keep saying underrated, but like he's at the top of my list of like underrated guys. He just like Little Miss Sunshine, There Will Be Blood. Like he is incredible in There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's in 12 Years a Slave. Just a, a super underrated guy. Swiss I'll say Army it again. man. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> we have Giancarlo Esposito, who played Frank Dawson. He was kind of like an assistant to the uh, Mirando CEOs. He's in Breaking Bad. I mean, he's Gus in Breaking Bad. It's one of the all-time bad guys in TV and one of the best shows of all time. He was also in The Mandalorian as a bad guy. Uh, he had a, a recurring arc in Community. Uh, one of those guys just kind of pops up and always kind of plays the same role. Mm-hmm. The Boys, uh, the Amazon series yeah. in that, again, kind of playing some nefarious character whose uh, true purpose you don't really know. He always seems to play as some sort of mastermind. He's good at it. He's mm-hmm. that voice for it, that cadence. It's, uh, it's perfect, and he's great at it. Yeah. Anyone else you wanted to mention for the movie? I think that kind of hits the highlights of the cast. Well, for our Harry Potter fans, uh, Shirley oh. Henderson, who played Moaning Myrtle, oh. in this movie. And it was funny because I, I was looking down. Was she down... the one with the squeaky voice, like the yes, assistant? exactly. Oh, yeah. Her voice you just... should have given it away. Mm-hmm. The moment yeah. you hear her voice, you're just like, what? And also um, Bridget Jones. She was like the best friend. She would like use fuck like a comma. And I think that might have been like, she might have been like started my... it all for you. Yeah. Huh, <laughs> She's my spirit animal. Yeah, in a sense. Shut off the faucet sense. <laughs> It's broken. <laughs> and Moaning Myrtle's in the movie too. So Morning must Myrtle. must see for that cast. Yeah. And I mean, and I just feel like anyone else, like you, you probably would recognize her face. I've seen them in like an off thing. Like it's just, mm. there's so many people in it. We just don't have the time to go through this like huge list of cast. Hey, look, I could do an episode on Paul Dano. So it's, it's <laughs> oh, nice absolutely. that I just kept it there. That's our uh, sister podcast. Um, the Paul Dano, Paul Dano. <laughs> James Badgedale podcast. <laughs> and we just, it's our. Uh, Paul and James. He's incredible. Okay. Right. Did you know that oh. he was in a band? All right, moving on. A housekeeping out of the way. <laughs> well, why don't we get into it? <laughs> well, okay. I wanted to get into it, but also I don't remember the name of the band. So, <laughs> but here's how I found out about it. I was playing in a pit. <laughs> I meant get into talking about the movie, but I'm so I'm I'm glad you took that as an invitation to just talk about Paul Dano's band or whatever you're about to talk about. Please, p- please go ahead. To find out more about this story, you can join our Patreon. <laughs> just send us money. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Thais needs, needs a new engine, so you can go over to the Patreon and she'll talk about Paul Dano's band for 30 minutes. You can, you can listen to that. It'll be 
electric. I'll probably I'll listen, to be honest with you. Um, with all that in mind, mm-hmm. talk about the movie. Yes. I want to say something about the first scene. Okay. I'll just I'll open up with my my first thought in the movie yes. because they did something that I, I might sometimes like criticize a movie for, but I thought mm-hmm. they did it well. So it opens up with Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. and she basically spends like the first five minutes of the movie. Well, she's in like doing this presentation as CEO talking about essentially what the whole movie is going to be about. Mm-hmm. She gets up there and says, we found this new breed of pig and world hunger is such a problem, but this new breed of pig, we can, we're going to grow it and it doesn't use up a lot of resources, you know, eating and all that. We're going to grow it and solve world hunger. And there's this really oh, kind of nice soundtrack over it. And that's another thing I, t- I talk about too much probably is like the music and how effective that can be. Like the stuff she was saying, she was talking about like her horrible grandfather and the mm. blood stained walls and this horrible factory that we're in. And it, the place looks disgusting. And there's this just really lighthearted, happy music while she's saying this stuff. And it just, it fit it perfectly set the tone, right? Because that could have been like dark music, but it was like light, happy music. And uh, she's talking about all this this horrible stuff. And she also just kind of lays out in the course of five minutes what the whole movie is going to be. It was a ton of exposition. Mm-hmm. And usually in that movie, that's that's like, oh, oh my God, you're like spoon feeding this stuff to the audience. But it was just done in such a, 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 a good way. And the music kind of set the tone for it. I thought it was really well done and something I want to point out because it's like, all right, there's a good way to do that sort of exposition in a movie to set it up without like dumbing it down or hitting the audience over the head with it. Uh, So I liked the way that it opened up. I also really like the way they did it. I definitely have more respect for it after rewatching this opening scene because I rewatched it before we started recording tonight. And I will say, to to set the scene here, Jared and I were eating dinner, and we put on this movie. Guess what we were eating for dinner? Bacon. So I'm sitting there. We got some bacon tacos. It's a whole thing. Anyways. So I'm like, you know, devouring this, like, delicious bacon, and this movie starts, and she's like, ah, pigs, no GMOs, blah, 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 like, everything's going to happen. And the first, well... I guess the second note I wrote, we'll go back to the first, is I just put, is this movie going to make me want to go vegetarian? (laughs) That was my first thought. And I kept pausing the movie. And like at one point I turned to Jared and I was like, can you explain to me what's happening? And I think because I was also like eating and like looking down and they did this clever way of, you know, you're watching her talk about it and then it cuts to the credits, the opening credits, and then you're hearing her and then it cuts to opening credits. So it just keeps doing like a back and forth between watching her do stuff and then the credits. And somewhere along those lines, I got lost and I didn't know if I was like missing the point or if it was like late. I don't know. I was just, I was very confused. And so like, I stopped and I was like, wait, Jared. So what they're saying is they found a pig. They're sending it to 26 different countries. They're going to raise it. And then whoever raises it the best, they're going to go and chop it up and feed it to the world. And he goes, yeah, you got it. And I was like, oh, okay. I just, what? (laughs) (laughs) So immediately I was like, I'm going to hate this movie. I hate this movie. 
right from the jump you thought that right from the jump yeah because they talked about killing a pig because it was going to be about like the meat industry oh uh, yeah and like already like I was a food ink yeah and i was already feeling uncomfortable just eating my tacos yeah. <laughs> and the movie had just started we hadn't seen anything and i'm like oh no and we saw some stuff and oh god there was some stuff that was seen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But it's it was a very brilliant way to open up a movie. You're right. It did set the tone of being able to talk about, you know, uh, a difficult, hard topic while creating like some like like levity, you know, to to mm-hmm. to the conversation, like just bringing in like with the music and just introducing this character right off the jump of her just being so bubbly, even though she's talking about like slaughter. <laughs> yeah. And she was so overly saccharine. It was like such a sugary character. <laughs> yes. I, and it's, and it's strange to see her play a character like that too. I thought that that was also kind of jarring to see her be like so bubbly and like girly i think girly was like the the word that kept coming to mind i was just i've just never seen her be girly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like she's usually like a powerhouse head like, and doctor wo- strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right like she's usually like you know this powerful like you know ball busting woman and yeah. like she still managed to be a ball buster but in like the most feminine girly way <laughs> and it was just like it was fun to see her play this role I really enjoyed her in this role. And I loved how she was, she was like, oh, my grandfather, he was a horrible person. You all know that. And she keeps talking about how awful her sister is. And she mentions at one point, she's like, well, my father was an awful person. It's like, dude, you, you're an awful person too. Like you're the same as that. Like Apple don't fall far from the tree, babe. You know, like what was the lie that she said of her sister? She was like, oh, my sister lacks forward vision. Or like the only forward vision my sister has is like for her golf game or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just like, the whole, like she just kept like taking jabs at everybody and then like turning back and being like, but I'm here and I will save everyone because I'm amazing and I have braces and I couldn't get over the braces fact. <laughs> yeah, the, bra- the braces in the first scene was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, who thinks to add that to that character it's just for that scene? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, because that was 2007, right? <laughs> because the movie opened in 2007, and then right after that speech, we fast forward 10 years, and now we move to South Korea, and we see Miha, this uh, little girl whose family was chosen to raise one of these pigs. I think it's uh, Mija. Mija. Yeah, because I think, oh, yeah, I I think going, Mija. Oh, yeah, I was going Espanol. Spanish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's on me. Yeah. Mija. And her father, they were picked to raise one of these newly found, again, air quotes on newly found <laughs> um, pigs. And they're like best friends. She's like best friends with this. And we keep saying pig. It looks <laughs> more like a manatee. Right. It's like a big manatee on, or like a hippo, like a, a hippo, big manatee yeah. hippo on four legs. Mm-hmm. But it moves well. You know, it's got some good agility. Um <laughs> And we kind of see their relationship. We don't know what it was like the 10 previous years when they were raised, mm-hmm. but like at this point, you can, she's young. So they kind of grew up together. 
and they're like best friends. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're on like a mountain in South Korea, um, super remote, as we tell by when Jake Gyllenhaal's character and that whole uh, Miranda team shows up and they're huffing and puffing. Like clearly they, <laughs> there are no like easy trails up there. So super remote. And it seems like this is all Mija has really. I get the impression that her parents died and she's being oh. raised by her grandfather. It's not an impression. It's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. He and takes her, her. The grandfather ends up taking her to the gravesite. Okay. That's, that's the gravesite. Yeah. Cause okay. Jared had the same question. He was just like, where are her parents? And I was like in the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I should point out this point. It's all in Korean with the subtitles. Sometimes, you know, I might not be reading the subtitles. So I just want to point that out. So, yeah, she's like grew up with her grandfather and uh, Ocha. She calls him Ocha. Apparently, Ocha or her calls her Ocha. Apparently, Ocha is like um, an older South Korean name. So it's not super popular. Bong uh, compared it to like Margaret. Neat. Like Margaret's a, you know, a, a classic name, but not something that's super common now. Kind of thought of as mm-hmm. an older name, so that's apparently what uh, what Okja is. Nice. Um, immediately when we first see Okja for the first time, I the fir- the note I wrote, I was like CGI mechanical. Like, what are we? Yeah, are great we question. Because one of the things that, I, that really impressed me about uh, Mija, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying Mija because I don't want to say the actress's name because I already butchered it once, and I'll <laughs> I'll leave the butchering at that. Um, one of the things that really impressed me about her was she's acting. I mean, I thought she was acting with a just CGI, which mm-hmm. is like bananas impressive. Yeah. Um, apparently it was like a puppeteer and, uh, just so that, you know, people on set could kind of see something and have something to interact with. And so it was like a combo puppeteer and CGI, but some of those early scenes with like just her and Okja and that, like that's heavy CGI stuff, um, just based on like the shots. And so I shout out to her cause that's, that's super impressive. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a lot of- like the body, like her body language was very fluid, like as yeah. if the creature was standing next to her or, you know, she's laying on top of it or riding it or, you know, all the fun things that she gets to do right. <laughs> with Okja. It did feel very like realistic. Like she definitely sold it. I was like, that creature is real. It's in South Korea <laughs> and I want to meet her. <laughs> yeah. And the plan, like Mirando's plan was, uh, what, what we find out is this is essentially a marketing strategy mm-hmm. that Okja and the other creatures like her weren't newly discovered in South America. They were genetically created in a lab to be food. And this whole uh, thing of sending Okja and her brothers and sisters to 26 countries to be raised by local farmers is just really a marketing strategy so that the general public kind of looks at this animal as, okay, this is like a new domesticated animal that we've created. And it's not like a Miranda lab creation, which might freak people out because some people are uncomfortable about GMOs. And so when the 10 years is up, the Miranda crew comes and that's really where the movie opens when we're in South Korea is you know, this crew shows up and they're ready to pick out what are they called? The best super pig. Mm-hmm, Cause they were going to have the super pig competition. Yeah. So they're going to all the farms that were a part of this marketing strategy. And again, nobody outside Miranda knows it's a marketing strategy, mm-hmm. but they send out these teams and they each go to 
uh, one of the farms, including Ocha's, and try to pick out the best super pig. <laughs> and I, I did they get into like the specifications for that? I just assumed it was like the biggest one, like the biggest, yeah. healthiest one. I think it was, yeah, I think it was just like health based. Like, the, so Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who was an absolute nutbag, his name was Dr. Johnny Wilcox. He was a zoologist and a veterinarian. And, you know, he was made to be the face of the corporation. Um, right. When he sees Okja, he's like, I don't know, he's like feeling. <laughs> it's actually, I really like that scene of him like rubbing his face basically like into her body. And he was like, turn the camera on. You can't fake emotions like this. <laughs> But he is like rubbing the side of her. He's like looking at her eyes. You know, he looked under her ear like he I feel like, yeah, he was just looking to see like how healthy, you know, this pig looked. And she was big. I think she was the biggest pig out of all of them. Like once we see other pigs, like she did look bigger. We see some with like discoloration, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like she was like a nice Oh, she was one pretty looking pig. She was no like, a, she was blue. Like, you know how some people have like blue bulldogs or, or, um, boxers. Is it bulldogs or box boxers? Maybe, um, they call it You're blue, but the it, wrong person. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, it's like, it's such a gray that it looks almost blue. Like that mm, was Okja. Like she had like, look. yeah, yeah. She it was like very matte. Like it just, yeah, she was, she was, she's a beautiful pig manatee hippo like creature and this guy dr johnny wilcox like he is a a doctor veterinarian in the same way that like joseph mengele is a doctor like he is a horrible person and like not pro animal and we we kind of find that out later but he's an absolute scumbag sicko just an absolute bananas dude yeah which to me was an interesting role to see jake gyllenhaal in because I, I like him. <laughs> I like, mm. like, I don't have like when I see, cause that was my actual first note, uh, was, so I was trying to turn Netflix on and my internet was like buffering. So it was taking a while for the app to load. We have a smart TV, cool flex. I know. And <laughs> the, you know, how the app works, like it it shows you the synopsis, like on the side while the, the screen is like loading. And like, I tend to not read synopsis or like who's in it. Cause I like to go in blind, but you know, I'm sitting there waiting for this thing to freaking load. And I see Jake Gyllenhaal and I audibly was like, Jake Gyllenhaal's in this movie. Like I was so excited <laughs> and to see him play, you know, the bad guy now has left this like weird taste in my mouth of like, I admire him for being able to to play that role. And I'm trying to separate him from the role, but I feel like this movie is so f- fresh for me right now that like, I can't separate him from the role. And like, now I'm like, Ugh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a bad man. <laughs> hey, so you got excited about everyone in the movie. It was like everyone you're like, Lily Collins in this. <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, Paul Dano's in this. Hey, yeah, did. Well, people, it's great. It was like all the people that I like, like it was, I know it's awesome. I just never thought they'd all be like sharing the screen together. Um, Lily Collins, like rocking a fucking like hot pink magenta hair, like little Bob go. Oh my God. That's it for you. Huh? Ooh, she looked great. Ooh. Her eyebrow. Whew, girl. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and Paul Dano is just a classy motherfucker. Like he's mm. just wearing his little suit the whole time. Yeah, like he looks good in that suit. Paul Dano's that. Oh, he's just incredible. All Fuck right. Glenn. All right. 
again, I know that there are real people and this was a movie and they were just acting, but fuck Glenn. <laughs> it's good when you get that into it, though. You know, I was stupid. That's why get I lost texted in the movie, you Thais. and I told you that I hated you because I got lost in this movie. More than once. And now I'm like contemplating becoming a vegetarian. Speaking of contemplating becoming a vegetarian, apparently the directors also like temporarily became um, vegan because they like had to go to a slaughterhouse in Colorado to like, you know, get in the zone to film their gross ass scenes for this movie. And they, you know, realized that what they were making was the most terrible movie ever. (laughs) And they also became vegan. (laughs) Now everyone knows where I stand. (laughs) (laughs) You are all over the place with this, this movie. I can't wait to get your, your final thoughts. So conflicted. (laughs) So after, after this Mirando team shows up in South Korea to this remote place where Oak has been raised, they take her away and intend to bring her back to New York City and where she's going to be put on display as the best super pig and as a part of a launch for the meat. Yeah. And we find out later but uh, they've they've been breeding all of these things and all of the, all these pigs and they're going to start slaughtering them and start selling the meat and this is you know introducing Okja as the best super pig is kind of a kickoff to make people comfortable with the concept of eating that food. And before, I think Mija goes after Okja. And in the process of that, the Animal Liberation Front shows up and kidnaps Okja. And Mija goes along with them. And they, I guess I don't want to get too, too, many, too many details here, but we were introduced to this Animal Liberation Front that's like an animal rights group. Uh, it's a real organization, the ALF. I think they've been around for like 40 something years and that's the sort of thing they do. They're, they're like a more extreme PETA. Is that a good way to put it? I guess. PETA is pretty extreme. I like guess the I- ALF, like they had like borderline terrorist tendencies. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like I felt like the ALF, at least the way that they portrayed it in the movie was more of like a vigilante group. Whereas like, PETA, right. I, I feel like would like try and actually follow rules and laws and mm, yeah yeah <laughs> a these alf guys are pretty rogue yeah yeah rogue that's the best word for it exactly so i so i don't want to give away too many more details that's probably like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. um and, and from there the action kind of moves out of south korea to new york and the rest of the movie kind of takes place there um and the movie's not in korean there, there are korean parts but it's like very minimal. I would say overall, this is an English language movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those of you who are, are anti-subtitle or that's, there's just a little bit of that. Yeah. And for those of you who are anti-subtitle, I don't know, learn Korean. It might open doors. <laughs> can you, can you talk about that? Uh, Thais mentioned that fun fact, cause that that's really interesting. And I have a tie in that, that I want to mention with Bong. Because there's a the the part we mentioned earlier where the ALF shows up and meets up with Mija, uh, Steve Young's character says something to Mija, um, and what he says in Korean is translated in the subtitles as if you if you have it handy. Well, he says it in Korean, but in the subtitles it says 
Mija, try learning English. It opens new doors. But apparently what he actually says in Korean <laughs> is Mija. Also, my name is Kusun Boom, <laughs> which <laughs> I guess if you are Korean, it- it's kind of like a multi-layered joke where A, that name is ridiculous and like no one's actually named that. So like that's kind of like funny. But B, the funny bit is that in the subtitles, it'll say like Mija, try learning English, it'll open new doors. But then with them mistranslating it, mistranslating it in the movie, it's almost like it's telling us, um, you know, English speakers that do not speak Korean to learn Korean because <laughs> it will open new doors. Like had we known, you know, we would have gotten the joke. Right. So- and and I remember I like the tie in because at, at the 2020 Academy Awards where Bong you know, cleaned up and he was giving a lot of interviews afterwards. And this is my recollection anyway. Mm-hmm. He did all of the interviews in Korean, I believe. And he mentioned something along the lines of, you know, it's somebody might have asked about, you know, people not being able to handle the subtitles or something like that. And he said something like, you know, if, if you learn a new language or if you're if you just suck it up and read the subtitles, <laughs> you're able to you kind of open up this new world of cinema to you, uh, because if you can just accept the subtitles now, you can watch. You know, there are so many fantastic foreign films like mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth, which is Spanish language and The mm-hmm. Lives of Others, which is German, Seven Samurai, Japanese, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Chinese. So if you can just you know, put it up, put up with the subtitles. All of a sudden, you're able to experience not just American cinema, mm-hmm. but the wider world of cinema out there, especially Korean, which by you know a lot of accounts is uh, they they make some of the best movies in the world. Yeah, and also, I mean, I speaking from you know experience, like I'm well worth mentioning once. I'm Brazilian. I was born in Brazil and emigrated to America when I was very little, and. You know, I know three languages like I'm learning a different language helps you fine tune your native tongue. So like if you're if you didn't believe anything that Brady said, like think of it that way of like learning something new, like will make you appreciate your own language more. And just like, I don't know, you'll just be able to. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Uh, Express yourself like better by learning a different, I don't know, I guess I lost my train of thought. Well, it's, it's also like if you're, I, I can't imagine I'll ever be fluent in a language other than English, but you're able to, if you learn another language, pick up on some of the subtleties of communication, spoken communication, mm-hmm. like uh, sarcasm or uh, different types of humor, uh, a certain inflection in the voice that can indicate how the person is feeling. Uh, that's not necessarily something you can pick up on if you're just like reading a translation. Right. And um, I will say, too, like so because Hollywood is so big, uh, there are movies that, you know, would make it to Brazil without getting dubbed. So then like we would end up going to the movies like to watch it in English with Portuguese mm-hmm. subtitles. Um, so I think like with that, like I it might not be as foreign to me to watch a movie in subtitles but you get so much more by being able to read a subtitle and then yes, watching it in its native tongue. Mm-hmm. Because again, like you were saying, like you, you get to pick up all these, you know, little nuances and um, 
the problem with dubbing is a lot gets lost in translation. You know, they're trying to fit just a lot of dialogue um, within the, the, you know, the, the mouth, like how the mouth forms. So you, you end up losing a lot of meaning uh, behind certain things. So like, you know, on a translate, like if it was subtitled, you would get a full explanation of what's going on. Like there is, there's so much liberty of how they could translate something. Whereas if they're trying to just like put in, like, if I was telling you like, Brady, go outside, there's a beautiful black bird and I want you to see it. If they're going to try and dub that in say Japanese, like they're not going to be able to fit all of those words Mm -hmm. to like how like little or how much I like spoken. So now they either have to, you know, add more words or take out words. And now you're losing the true meaning of like how the director intended, you know, that line to go. And that might've been what Bong was addressing that story. I talked about earlier at the Oscars. Maybe, maybe somebody asked him about why don't you have a dubbed version? Yeah. And I, I I hate listening to or watching dubbed stuff. It's, I just find it excruciating because (laughs) it's just someone in a studio trying to match their voice with it. You lose so much like emotion when that's done. So there's shows on like Lupin on Netflix, which is an awesome show. I highly recommend it. Um, I, I, you watch it in French because I think, I, I don't even know if there's a dubbed version, but uh, I think if there is just not nearly the same, you just you know, watch and read the subtitles, dark mm-hmm. uh, German language show is another dark. one, which was awesome. I watched it the first time I saw it season one, I watched the dub. And then the second time through, I watched the German uh, original with subtitles. But, but the second time through, I watched it in its original German with, with subtitles. And I, I noticed that the dialogue was a little bit different uh, because they're not just showing the subtitles for the dubbed version. They're showing subtitles for the original and the voices were better with more emotion. And um, so I'm a, uh, so I'm a big uh, proponent of the, uh, the, the, the original with the subtitles. I just think it's a better uh, viewing experience. And which is why I watch anime in Japanese. And so also you, smart. Right. And I just feel like you also end up picking up like you, it's easy to start learning languages that way, too. Like I watch a lot of um, K-dramas and Japanese dramas. Like it's just it does like open up your mind, it, like because then you you pick up on, you know, different idioms or mm-hmm. um, just like like <laughs> just Dude, I think that's why so many people like around the world know at least some English because they're just, you know, the soft power of, of the U.S. and Hollywood is just, you know, has permeated most of the world. And so a lot of people are watching TV shows in English and, um, and movies in English. And they, they just start after a while, just start to through osmosis, pick up on, on the language. Yeah. And we don't really have that here. No, we, we have like some borrowed words, like, well, you know, say deja vu and croissant and. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so much of our language comes from, you know, Latin and German. Um, but we, we don't have the exposure to foreign languages mm-hmm. that other countries have to English. Yeah. That was a hell of a tangent to, to get off on. I, I kind of dig it, though. No, it's, it's good. I, um, I wanted to leave a pause. So I wanted to tell you something funny. So my sister messages me today and she goes, I learned a new saying. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she goes, uh, yeah, you can't make chicken salad out or making chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's what she said. She was making chicken salad out of chicken shit. That is the summary of what I've been doing at work. 
And I was like, I've never heard that before. So like this was all English that she said, or is this a Portuguese for she said it in, in English. So I was like, we don't say that here. <laughs> you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Shit. Yeah. And I looked it up. It is a real thing. It's Come like on. dated back. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I just had never heard it. And I'm like, that is like the best thing. I might start mixing that in my repertoire of sayings. They're just right? like shock people. Right. Because like, it, it just means like you can't make, you know, something good out of crap. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And I just, I love the. <laughs> I love it so much. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> um, what to wrap this up, right? Learn a new language or just don't be ignorant <laughs> into like not even allowing yourself to hear, watch, read a different language. Like America doesn't rule the world. There are other countries out there like be open minded. Go learn some stuff. Ex- like exposure is key, yeah. but not in a pandemic. Do not expose yourself. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, just just hunker for a bit. Yeah. Watch Okja and some other Netflix originals. Exactly. Not ritual. Um, so I, I don't really want to get Whoa. into more of the plot, Thais. I, I think we tapped. leave it there. Yeah. Um, any any other thought? One thing I wanted to point out, I was reading through some stuff about this movie. I read it was booed at cons. And I think at the end, it got like a, a standing ovation or some applause or whatever. It was up for the Palm d'Or, uh, which is like the you know best picture at con. And uh, but when the Netflix logo showed up on screen at the start of the movie, people were booing. I think that's just because of. I, I think it was probably like the first Netflix original that premiered at con and people kind of poo pooed Netflix and didn't like what they were doing to the industry mm. and all that. I imagine I tried looking up uh, Roma because I think Roma uh, was at con and won the Palm d'Or, but uh, I couldn't find anything about people booing it there. So mm. I, I like to think, I think feel like that was just a year later. Um, so I like to think that we've come a long way in legitimizing Netflix as a movie producer, um, you know, for, for better or worse. I think Mm -hmm. there are some things that they've, I think they've given a lot of really good directors a long leash, like, uh, David Fincher came out with Mank late last year and it's in black and white and it's like definitely not a movie that would be super popular, but it was great. And they just kind of gave him a long leash to do that. Um, other movies they do feels it feels like they were made in a lab by Netflix to specifically cater to like what people want to watch and like to get people talking. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of a, a give and take there with Netflix uh, uh, and, and with the really good directors. I think they've they've done a good job and just kind of letting them do whatever they want. And you get a movie like Ocha. Yeah. Yeah. It's shit on this movie a little bit. Uh- <laughs> All right. All right. So that all all that being said, Thais. Yes. I gotta hear your thoughts on the movie because it was an absolute roller coaster while you're watching and texting me. There was a lot of like, I hate you. I I guess it wasn't a roller coaster. I guess you just kept saying stuff like that. And I I thought you would I thought you'd love the movie. Um I I saw it 
you know, years and years ago on an airplane. I like, it was one of those movies I downloaded on my iPad. Mm-hmm. But what I'll do when I travel is I'm like, I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'm stuck in this steel box that I shouldn't be in because humans weren't meant to fly. <laughs> so I'll like download some movies that, wow. you know, I, I normally wouldn't throw on. And this was one of them I saw on the plane. I was like, oh, that was fantastic. Glad I watched it. Um, and that was years ago. And I thought you'd be super into it. Um, what, what's, what's going on? What are you thinking? Okay. So fill, fill me in. <laughs> what was going through the mind of Thais while Okja was on? Before I can even talk about while it was on, we gotta we gotta backtrack before I even put the movie on. Oh, um, I have been avoiding this movie for years. Tell me about that because I knew that it was gonna be about you know a human animal like friendship and then someone threatening that friendship. <laughs> And I just, I can't handle that kind of movie. I just, I get so upset and I get so angry. And at one point, like when I was texting you, I was like, I would rather watch people being tortured than this. Yeah, a little <laughs> like, sicko. I, I, I mean, I like, I get, you know, I, I get squeamish and stuff like sometimes like watching horror movies and whatnot. But this movie to me was an actual horror movie. Like I have never been You like, love horror movies. Right. But I think I like horror movies I, for different reasons. Like this was actually terrifying. <laughs> you, you like to see people get tortured. I don't mind watching animals. people getting. Yeah. But when yeah, yeah, animals get like put in the mix, I can't because there's this because people like they understand what's going on. <laughs> like they understand that you know a psychopath is out there and like i don't know skinning them whatever who cares doing something to them animals don't there's just no like to them it's just like you're nice and then you're mean there is no in between where you get to explain to them like i have to be cruel to be kind right now or you know like there's none of that wow shakespearean reference so like when I accidentally step on my cat's paw, right? She just like walked in front of me. I didn't see her. And I stepped on her paw. She's like, she looks at me like I've broken all trust. And I can't sit there and be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, I can sit there and say all this. And she's not going to get it because she's going to be there looking at her hurt paw and then looking at me going, you're the cause of this hurt. Yeah, like, She just knows that there's a blood feud now and she'll right. never let it go. Yeah. I mean. She cuddles later You've on. You've moved faster. So, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so that's what I mean. And, and I think maybe that's why I feel even more like watching. I, I just, I care more about animals than I care about humans. Like we, we're too smart and sentient to, to not know what's going Like it, we we've done this to ourselves. Like, I don't know. I guess I victim blame <laughs> like, when it comes to animals. They don't know. You know, they get captured or, you know, brought into a farm. Like, they just, they don't know. They have no idea what's going on. There's no concept for them. They, they just know that they're scared and that's it. So watching Okja being, you know, ripped from her best friend mm. to like, you know, suddenly seeing like new humans, right? Because she's probably not really seen a lot of humans since she's been in the mountains and then learning that like not all humans are nice. Yeah. Like that was heartbreaking to watch all the stuff that Okja had to go through treacherous, like uh, the stuff that she went through 
I can't watch humans go through that, put an animal through that. And I, I can't, I've, I've only ever walked away from one movie and it was, it was one with Elliot page in it where, what is it called? Like Elliot had a sister and they like lived in a town where they like live in a town and they- with, with their father. Yes. It's called into the forest. Yeah. Into the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from the beginning, I was watching it with my father, shout out to my dad and, you know, was sitting there watching it together and I'm like, okay, society's breaking down. Love it. I love that kind of stuff. Right. Mm, like, let's, yep, like, oh, let's go. But two young, you know, beautiful looking people in a house by themselves with like, yeah, and it was Ellen, uh, uh, Evan, Rachel Wood, Evan, Rachel Wood, I think played yep. the sister. Yeah. Yes. So um, I just turned to my dad and I was like, she's going to get raped. Like, this is what's going to happen because that's what always happens in these like society breaking society like movies. Like for some Mm -hmm. reason, (laughs) like that's just like the first thing that like, I don't know, they decide to put in movies. And when I saw it, when I saw like, you know, I didn't I didn't see it. That's the, the point I'm trying to make is that before it even got to that point, I walked away. I was like, dad, I can't finish this movie. I just, I can't. Cause in my head, I'm like, she's going to get raped and then she's going to have to raise the kid all by herself in this like, you know, (laughs) fallen society. I'm like, no, I'm out. I can't, this is no. So to me, like that's scary. That's terror because I'm a female and I could get pregnant. So like that hits home for me. No doubt. Um, It was a very okay movie too. Like it was not a great film yeah yeah i think i I wanted it to be better than what it was so yeah i I never finished it because of that so then i'm watching okja for this podcast because you raved about it you were like i loved it and i'm like if brady loved it raved about it it's a it's a good movie that's like you raving so (laughs) that's that's about that's that's fair that is fair that's about as much emotion as i I get from you yeah (laughs) an okay movie yeah um so i made my i fought so many urges to just walk away from this movie because from the beginning i knew i wasn't gonna like it because of these things because of being separated because i knew the animal was gonna go through stuff i knew i was gonna end up seeing you know animal cruelty Mm -hmm. like i yeah those things like just boil my blood like it's a lot of anxiety inducing elements in the movie for sure and so having said all of that (laughs) i mean like if you love animals maybe if you're already a vegetarian or vegan for those reasons to save animals like from all the bullshit that we do to them like in farms and the meat industry and all those reasons skip this movie I just want to say that from the get go, if you're anything like me in like what I've said, hit home for you, skip this movie. Yeah, that's all fair stuff. But also part of me, part of me also wants to say, give it a try anyways, even though like I'm still hurt and I haven't been able to sleep and like I've had nightmares and I like always got in a car accident today because I fell asleep on the wheel because I haven't been sleeping because of this movie. Played with the movie before. <laughs> Do you want my nightmares? Okay. <clears throat> having I, said all oh that, God no. Having said all that, give it a try because it is objectively 
an amazing movie. It, I mean, the way it was produced, the actors. I mean, just look at the cast. The cast yeah, alone. Absolutely electric cast. Is like, yeah, VIP ticket to sitting down and watching this movie over and over. The music was great. It, it just looking, it was visually, vis, <laughs> my coming up with words, visibly <laughs> just beautiful. The whole movie was beautiful. The shots of Korea, even like yeah, parts of colors. like New York and Jersey. I was like, shit, like I've never seen them look so good. Like <laughs> Tilda Swinton's outfits. Yo, her outfit on stage, like that was problematic, right? Like a white <laughs> woman shouldn't be wearing a Korean, like, yeah. uh, I forget what it's called. I, I almost like, which now I'm problematic, but like, <laughs> a disavow, a disavow. Ah, I'll just bleep it. <laughs> but like, yo, anyways, but even that was just like, cause it fit her character because it fit like it, there's these little tiny things for each character that just like if you're paying attention to the character like it just added so much to the character without them needing to even say anything so yes this movie was great the story was powerful i mean it definitely the message was loud and clear it's making me rethink things like it doesn't mean that you have to stop eating meat but it also like makes you consider like what we are doing to said meat you know like it's how are how we've gotten here like the the problem that you know, we, there is famine in the world <laughs> and it's just all these like big, big topics that are happening in this movie. Like they're worth discussing. And I think that they did a beautiful job in just like that intro to the movie, being able to present it in like almost a, I don't want to say lighthearted because it wasn't lighthearted, but there was like a, a, a playfulness to this movie that made it uh, digestible <laughs> like for me to sit here and watch this animal go through all the horrible things that it had to go through I sat through it because of the cast because of the dialogue because of how you know it was shot Be- like it's those things like kept you going because you wanted to know what was going to happen next you wanted to know how it was going to end so this movie is definitely like I I get why it got such high praise like I it is worth watching but just know that if you ch- do choose to go down this path, you can't unsee <laughs> the images you will see. <laughs> like you might end up falling asleep at the wheel like me. I mean, there are so many things that could happen. <laughs> I imagine if you've seen any, like I haven't seen Food Inc. or any, you know, like major food documentary, but I imagine mm-hmm. those are a thousand times worse than oh, what absolutely. we see in this movie. Well, yeah. And that's, and I think that's what this movie did a good job of doing. Like it, because it's a fake pig. So it takes you a step back from like reality. So it's like, it's able to give you like a taste of like what's going on and like these topics that should be talked about, but it, but in like a, you're not like throwing your, your whole body into the pool. You're just dipping your toe. Like everything that this movie did was like bringing you into the topic without like making you submerge completely. Right. But they could have gone over the top gruesome. Yeah. And and they didn't. They couldn't use real was pigs. Good. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they sent a message without uh, a shocking you. I mean, there's some shocking stuff that we saw, yeah. but it wasn't like a, a food documentary that I no. haven't seen, but I've heard about, and like stuff that blows you away and makes you never want to like do anything other than eat food from your garden ever again. Yeah. 
And just like how, you know, baby Yoda, right? Like everyone looks at that thing and they're like, oh my God, that's adorable. They did a great job making Okja be lovable just by looking at her. You know, you don't even have to like really even see her like moving around before you've already like fallen for not fallen for but like you you already you're like you care about this creature automatically because she's cute she's unique Mm -hmm. you know she's interesting but there is this like you know sweet tenderness to her that you're like oh and then like suddenly you start seeing how she does interact with people and stuff like it's just it's i don't know it was brilliant i think they. she was she was not much of a people person no (laughs) oh i'm well i mean can you blame her no i can't no um, so yes, this movie is definitely worth watching with those caveats. Yeah. Don't watch it with dinner. <laughs> like <Yeah>. I did. <laughs> don't eat sausage while you're watching the movie. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to say about it before we wrap up one, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the like societal messages that are involved with this movie. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realized is I I've seen three of Bong's movies, uh, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. Okja and Parasite. They all, in some way, deal with um, a grand like message. A, uh, I was going to say it's not capitalism in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, like Snowpiercer, you know, is kind of a look at uh, one the environmental effects of of humanity and and uh, corporations. I think in a lot of ways represent the evil uh, that's being done in polluting the world, mm-hmm. and also uh, a look at uh, class structure. In Snowpiercer, um, in, in Parasite was like definitely a look at at class structure, yeah, um, the the haves and have-nots, and this uh, also looked at a, a corporation that is putting on a, a beautiful facade, but is doing some objectively uh, evil stuff. So I thought that was interesting thinking about his, uh, you know, you can think of that as like a, a capitalism trilogy. Uh, from Bong. Uh, I didn't read too much into that. I don't know if there's there's more to it or what his take on that is. Um, uh, and something else uh, unrelated to that is, you know, we, we talk a lot about like the messages and, and the friendship in, in the movie. There's a lot of action. Like yeah. there really was like early on when they switched to North Korea, I kind of felt myself kind of getting into a lull uh, again. And then all of a sudden, like the cliff scene happens and you're like, whoa, okay, I'm back. Yeah. Um, and there was the scene where Okja is running amok. And, and that was an amazingly filmed action scene with stuff flying everywhere. And mm-hmm. the whole time I was like, how did they, it must have been so hard to film some of this. And um, it, 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 there really was like a lot of great action sequences, which probably isn't something that came through while we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely uh, improved the viewing experience because it made it so much more watchable than if it was just like a, a slow kind of message heavy movie. Yeah. Well, um, before I get into a little bit of the action, um, while we were on the topic of capitalism, I did want to introduce our sponsor for the week. Yes. So actually Brady, they specifically asked for you to read their message since they knew that you were such a big fan. Never see it. No one ever asked me, Thais. <laughs> they like my voice better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame them one bit. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Super Pig Jerky. Do you love meat but also hate the planet? 
That's not it. <clears throat> you love meat but also love the planet? Do you feel lucky to be able to eat meat whenever you please but ponder over the fact that 805 million people struggle with hunger? Do you not know what GMOs are but hate them anyway because you've heard one podcast mention they're bad? Is boring old beef jerky giving your snack sessions the unsatisfactory scaries? Well, we have the cure for you. Super Pig Jerky is made from Rando's eco-friendly genetically engineered super pigs. So what if they weren't discovered in Chile? These pigs leave a minimal footprint on the environment, consume less feed, and produce less excretion so you know they'll taste fucking good and not like shit, like shitty old beef. It's a revolution in the livestock industry. With pig farms in 26 different countries, Super Pig Jerky will help fight world hunger. You can now enjoy eating meat guilt-free. We can say this jerky is worth a gold pig. Can't get enough of the taste? Try any of our other products from our Super Pig Sausage Stubs, Super Piglet Bits, and even our Super Pork Bark for dogs. A clear cut above all other pork products. Super Pig Jerky. You'll eat it if it's cheap. That was an absolute joy to do. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. You did a good job. Thank you. Uh, so back to the action scenes. On my notes, so I, like we said in the beginning, like I didn't have a lot of notes, but two of the notes that I wrote down, I think are connected to actions. <laughs> uh, the first one I put was, the best scene is the glass shattering in the Miranda office. <laughs> what freaking media like oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, and then the next thing, like next note I made was how is she still alive? This little girl. So she's 14, right? Because I she think put she put her body on the line. Oh my God. Like, yeah, because she she was four years old, I think, when she got Okja. So it's been 10 years. So she's 14. And she is like, and like, maybe that's another reason why they like made her be like on the mountaintop because she's like used to scaling the mountains all day long. Like she's fit, but like watching her run down the mountain, watching her run through the city, watching her climb cars, watching like she, I was, she could have been the next Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. She, she was wild. I loved her so much. There was just like so much gumption. <laughs> She was just like all over the place. Um, but one thing that I caught on and I mean, I don't know if anyone would have caught on to this. Like, I don't know if I'm tapping into like a weird <laughs> subject, um, Ooh. but so in the movie, right? Like her grandfather is like, oh, I really want you to go downtown, like to Seoul or something. And you know, meet a nice boy and like, why do you got to dress like that? Like talk to literally anyone other than me <laughs> and the pig. Yeah. Like, you know, like put on a dress like once in a while, you know, like and, and later through the movie, too, like when the Miranda Corporation's like talking to Mija and they're like, you're going to wear this dress. They're like, we like the overalls, but like you really think that you should wear this dress. Like everyone's like commenting how like, mm-hmm. you know, she's right. She's kind of like a tomboy or yeah. whatever. Right. She she's not the. I mean, she's an absolute mountain girl. She's a she lives in the mountain. I wouldn't wear heels to a mountain either. Which, speaking of heels, did you notice that one of the reporters, like when they were climbing up the mountain, was wearing heels? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> I was like, how it did was she classic. climb the mountain? But um, so like 
you know, they're, they're making it sound like this girl is, doesn't fit, you know, our stereotype of like girly feminine, whatever. Right. But what I did notice in the scene where she's at the office uh, looking for um, Okja, when she taps on the glass to try and get the receptionist to like let her through, right. They're at the Miranda office in, I think they're in Jersey at this point. Right. Or, or they no, they're, they're still in Seoul. Never mind. They're still in Seoul. Um, when she taps on the glass, it was, and I don't know if it's like just a Korean thing or it is like a feminine thing, but like when you knock on a door, like how do you form your hand? <laughs> like, There's great, great podcasting here. Or I just hold my <laughs> fist up to the screen. I just make a, the, the classic, like a, like a fit, not like a punching fist, yeah, but like but, a, yeah. yeah, like a, and you, <laughs> yeah, a great podcast. Like, and then, and then I do one of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know why I zeroed in on it, but that scene when she's hitting on the glass, her hands and like, I'm going to try and I'll, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram to show everybody. Um, for those of you that don't follow us yet on Instagram, we're at worth watching once. Um, we post pictures and related content to all our episodes. So definitely check it out for more information. But the way that she like knocks, she does this like very dainty, like she's like holding her hand high. Like it's almost like you're making like a rock and roll symbol, but like the the pointer and the pinky are down. Yeah. And she taps so lightly on like the door. And I just thought, that is like the, just like the daintiest way you could like if I went there, like yeah, I would be like, dainty. Poof, poof, poof. and so I just I thought that that was that might have just been a slip up of like, you know, because she's an actor, right? She's oh, like yeah. doing this like whole, you know, she's playing this rugged type girl and no one thought to say like when you're going to knock on that door, like we want you to knock like a like a beast. <laughs> because that's who you are like that's how they portrayed her throughout the whole movie right. that was i think the one scene where she was like dainty huh. and tiny and like girly and i don't know why i just like really zeroed in for me it kind of cut her character a little bit like all of a sudden i was like oh right like i'm watching a movie because i was so like in the movie that like i was in it and i am her and yeah. we're each other whatever and then that moment she knocked on the door i just like suddenly i'm like oh i'm on my couch it like threw me, it spit me back out. And I was like, huh. oh, right. Like these are all just actors. And, you know, sometimes they make mistakes. I wonder if, it's, if there's more to it than just a mistake. Like if it's a, a cultural thing or. But, but it, I think it is like it, for women to be like feminine, like they wear like their watches, like inwards instead of outside. Like so uh -huh. that when they look at their watch, they're not like manly, like turning their whole like wrist to their face. Like they just like slightly turn their wrist like inward because it's like, yeah. you know, like there's like these little tiny things that you wouldn't pick up if you didn't watch other countries. Yeah. movies. So definitely watch stuff. Or, um, if, or if she felt in the moment like her character was uh, shy or trying to be respectful or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but oh, but then it's like if she lives in the mountains, she doesn't have that much interaction with like other humans. Yeah. Like, I still feel like she would have banged on the door yeah. because yeah. like I no think doubt. that's how she acts. Like even in her own home, like she just like got undressed in front of her grandpa. Like it was just like whoop. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like it, I don't know. I just feel like that was the one thing that just it felt like very very feminine and dainty and she's just like excuse me like hello and then like immediately after she's like badass again so 
Yeah. And then my next thing was fuck Glenn in a stupid face. <laughs> Another great line of the movie was the driver of the <laughs> of the big truck where they're taking Okja away, the Korean driver. And he was just like nonchalant, like doesn't want to fucking work. At love that, job. that guy. Yeah, love that guy. <laughs> and then like when they interview him, they're like, what happened here? And he was just like, <laughs> he was just like, I don't know. Like we all got fucked up. Like, <laughs> and they said something like, wait, did you fuck up the truck? Or like, did the company <sighs> fuck you? And he was like, no, the company fucked, not me. Or they fucked, not yeah. me. That's what he said. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. That guy was my hero. Like, yeah, he was great. I like the guy who was with him too. It was like, this is what company loyalty lo- looks like. And he's been in a ton of stuff too. Like, I feel like everybody would recognize his face. So it's just like, I don't know. It was just like really, and I think that adds to what I was talking about, how like this movie, like even amongst all this like action and drama and, you know, horror, hmm. you have these like light, dumb little jokes that just kind of like help you like release some of the tension, you know, laugh it out a little bit, take a breather. And then it jumps right back into the movie without skipping a beat. Like it doesn't feel like it's disjointed, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything is just cohesive. And any of you music people out there, it's legato, right? Everything's just connected. Mm, (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Very legato. Yeah. (laughs) Very cursive. Um. And then the last note I wrote was fuck this movie so hard. All right. Change your tune on that a bit. Didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I was sobbing. Absolutely sobbing. That can be a great thing with the movie. I I, made you feel something. (laughs) But yeah, I had to like cuddle with Jared afterward. I was just very, very upset. Well, I pretty parent, but I give a day worth watching once. Mm hmm. Uh, if this sort of thing's your bag, but yeah, it's a good movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. that was my second time watching. Definitely recommend it. And this is our first, uh, South Korean film, even though it was like mostly English. Like, yeah. I guess we still haven't really done an international film yet, but no, not yet, but we're getting there. This is the gateway to it. This is the gateway. This was a <laughs> gateway flick, which actually, I also feel like this movie is a gateway to the topics like capitalism and um because no one like not no one but like the average person probably doesn't want to like sit down and watch a documentary about all these heavy topics right but then they see a movie like this and it's like you got the action and everything like it was it was a good way of being able to get introduced to these themes and also have fun so I think he does a great job of doing that in this movie. And it was Netflix, um, the first Netflix original film. The first, it was the first South Korean Netflix original film. Look at that. It's a gateway flick, flick for Netflix too. Mm-hmm. And actually one of the recommendations we got from uh, listeners, Christian and Miguel, shout out them, uh, was for a, a Norwegian language film, Cadaver. Yeah. So we might... Uh, have to check that out at some point now that we've dipped our toes into the foreign language waters. And if you listeners are super jelly that (laughs) Christian and Miguel are getting shout outs, you can also suggest movies by emailing us at worthwatchingonespod at gmail.com or, 
you know, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and let us know if there are any other movies that, you know, you think that are worth watching once. And I'm very excited to watch Cadaver because that's been on my list for a while. So thank you, Christian. Thank you, Miguel. Something to look forward to. Peace. You're frozen and your eyes are closed. That's <laughs> like, you sleep? Like, sleep at night, Brady. <laughs> you guys sleep at night. Tell JD to fix that internet over there.